Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the burgundy and blue, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike Evans. I'm smiling, but inside I'm hurting. Because the Avalanche, oh, not a good start to their post-All-Star game break. We were on a break. We were on a break. And when they lost that first game to the Islanders, or excuse me, to the Rangers, I was like, all right, hey, it's the first game back. They get a point. You know, you just kind of knock the rust off and they'll be fine. But suddenly this road trip isn't looking so hot as they've gone 0-3 or 0-2-1, one point out of a potential six. But it's some of the things that have popped up during the course of this uh, road trip that, that just gives you pause. Now, I promise... I will find the silver lining in all this. I'll circle back to the silver lining before I finish this up. But as of right now, there are a lot of things to be concerned about, worried about. Panicked, no, but definitely be worried about. And let's kind of go down through the list. The slow starts continue to be an issue. They continue to fall behind. And while it's terrific the way that this team fights back, Take the Carolina game, for example. They fall behind 3-0. You're like, man, they're in danger of getting blown out. Instead, they get two goals in the span of five seconds, the fastest two-goal span in uh, Avalanche and Nordique history, and they're right back in the hockey game. But you, you expend so much energy trying to get back into a game, and even though hockey's not basketball, you don't have the same kind of runs back and forth as you do in a basketball game, there's still there's still something to the idea that, hey, the team that hits you with a 3 nothing flurry, yeah, you get back into the game, but you know they're going to probably respond, especially a good team like Carolina at home. And so you end up just putting yourself in a position where you're constantly climbing uphill, and they have to find a way to stop that. They have to get off to better starts. I, I don't know what the answer is. If I did, I promise you, I'd be on the phone to Jared Bednar. We'd be talking about it. But they got to be better coming out of the start of games. They're just not there. Uh, the next issue, uh, goaltending. And that kind of goes with the idea of getting off to fast starts. Sometimes you need your goalie just to make big saves at the beginning of a game. And Alexander Georgiev or their backup goalie situation lately, uh, right now it's Eustace Annan, and they just haven't been good enough. And when you get a game like the Carolina game where – Carolina scores on their first two shots on goal, and it looked like, I, I, I still not sure for if, exactly, but it looked like the third goal was on the third shot or maybe the fourth shot. Doesn't matter. It was either three goals on three shots or three goals on four shots. Doesn't matter. It's unacceptable. And, and not all of that is Georgiev's fault. But, you know, when Jared Bednar comes out after the Carolina game and says, yeah, that first one was on Georgiev. Georgie gave up the first one. That's on him. That's pretty blunt, right? So we need better goaltending. You need better goaltending because the Avalanche, this is not the same team that won the Stanley Cup. That team was a juggernaut, and they could get by without uh, top-notch goaltending. They didn't get it that year, but they still won a Stanley Cup. But what they're getting right now from Alexander Georgiev, and he's going to be the guy, uh, is good, but it's not good enough. He needs to be better. The power play. The power play, 0 for 6 last night, 0 for the road trip thus far, and maybe it speaks to the overall um, 
concern about the way the Avs are playing. Kale McCarr was talking after the game about how uh, Carolina was playing a style that was very aggressive on the penalty kill. One of the more aggressive penalty kills that they've gone up against this year where they were really pressing and coming out and trying to uh, force the Avs and force them into mistakes and bottle them up around um, the, the blue line. And the Avs didn't really adjust. And so there needs to be a, a grittier component to the way the Avs play, especially five on five. But you, when teams are pressing and you know that teams that play the Avalanche are going to see how Carolina played them and it might become a bit of a blueprint, the Avs are going to have to bring a little bit more grit even to their power play. And it's it, and it's still, it, it's not just the failure to score on the power plays. They had two power plays that ended up prematurely because they committed interference penalties, uh, pick penalties. One was against Ryan Johansson, the other against Jonathan Druin. So you, you got a team that isn't clicking right now and they're making some self-inflicted mistakes uh, to snuff out power play chances. It's just not a good a good spot for them to be in right now. So the power play uh, needs to get better. You, you look at the issue, and, and Kale McCarr talked about this, that the overall commitment needs to be better. And when I hear overall commitment, it means there needs to be a little bit more edge to the Avs game. And when you are a, an Avs team that isn't as talented as the team that won the Cup, they just aren't, then you got to play a different style. There's got to be a little bit more edge, a little bit more grit to your game, and you can't you can't just get by on your your skill level. So the Avs are in a, in a tricky position right now because uh, it's it's the time of season. You're still about a month away from the trade deadline, but you, you got to bring a little bit more urgency to your game. And the concern that I have watching them is that. Are we getting back to the Avs teams right now prior to them winning the Stanley Cup? You know what it was like, the the knock on the Avs, that if you get in their face, if you knock them around, you push them around, you put a little bit of uh, adversity in front of them, you muck up the game, you try to clog up the neutral zone, all those things that the Avs will wilt, that they won't be able to handle that kind of style and they won't be able to bring the kind of play necessary to combat that kind of style. The Avs team that won the Cup, what was so beautiful about that team was whatever style you wanted to play, they're like, okay, let's do it. You want to skate? We'll skate. You want to try to grind the game to a halt? We'll play that way. Doesn't matter. We can adapt. We can adjust. We'll find a way to get it done. That team was able to do that. This team... Uh, I, I think what's becoming clear to me right now, before any trades are made, that right now this is not a talented enough team to win the Stanley Cup. And I don't know if they're a gritty enough team to win a Stanley Cup. Fact remains, there's two big things that that jump out at me. And and uh, as I'm talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll uh, scroll scroll along and and find that because I want to have the exact numbers um, for you. But two two big things are happening right here. One, the Avalanche have to find a second-line center. I, I, I'm going to try to be kind, but Ryan Johansson just, he can't do it. He's not a second-line center. And, you know, this was my fear. I know there was a lot of optimism when they first brought in Ryan Johansson, but immediately I was always kind of skeptical because the team that knows him the best, Nashville, that's had him for as long as they had him, not only was willing to trade him, but was willing to trade him to a division rival and was willing to take on kind of a a good chunk of his salary. If that doesn't tell you something about 
how Nashville felt about Ryan Johansson. I don't know what does. And so this is the guy that the Avalanche were counting on being their second-line center, basically their replacement for Nazem Kadri. It hasn't worked out. Um, he's, he's, he's just not the answer. Um, you know, I, I, I could use stronger words, I guess, but uh, it, it just isn't working out. So they have to do something about that. They have to find another uh, second-line center alternative. And we talked about this last week on the on the podcast, some of the names that are out there. Already a couple of them are gone. Uh, I know everyone's talking about Adam Henrique from uh, Anaheim. Uh, we'll see. But they need to do something. Um, the Zach Parise edition was, was fine, and he's actually got off to a really nice start. Had a goal the other night against Carolina. I, I don't have any issue with Zach Parise. He's a nice addition, but this is a team that needs more. Not only do they need that second-line center, but they got to get Val Nechuskin back. So check this out. This is since Val became part of the regular top six at the start of the 2021-2022 season. So now we're into two-plus, two-and-a-half seasons with Val in this role. Since Val assumed that role with Val Nechuskin, this is the Avs record, with Val Nechuskin, they are 109-31-15. 109, 31, and 15. That's a winning percentage of 750. Without Val Nechuskin, with this loss against Carolina, they're now 30, 28, and 3. They're barely above 500. That's a big difference. That is a big, big difference with Val and without Val. So they need Val back. They need Val to be right. And they need to be able to trust that Val's with them uh, for the rest of the season and on into the playoffs. He's got to show that he's ready to come back, play at the all-star level he was playing before he left, and also prove to the Az that he's going to be reliable. Two big things. Uh, there's a list of things that are that are going on with this hockey team that, that concern me, but the two biggest things that worry me, you got to get Val back, and you got to get Val back at the level he was at before, and you got to trust that he's not going anywhere. And you got to get a second-line center. You have to upgrade it. It's just it's just not working. The Avs need an infusion of talent. They'll get one back with the return of Val, but they're going to have to do something else at the trade deadline. I just don't see in their supporting cast enough options. Right now, this is a hockey team that, especially on the road, remember, the Avs got off to a fast start. I think they won their first four road games of the season. Since then, they're a below 500 team on the road. And right now, you're looking at a hockey team, especially on the road, because, you know, when you're at home, the, the subs, the bench guys, the role players, the supporting cast, they tend to play better at home. But when you're on the road, bench players, role players, supporting cast players, they're, they're not the same kind of player. So right now, especially for the ads when they're on the road, sometimes we see it at home too, but especially on the road, if their top guys aren't playing lights out, McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen, um, if, if those guys aren't playing at an exceptionally high level, as they're having a very difficult time winning hockey games, so especially on the road. So there, there are some things to fix. Now, I said I promised I'd come back and finish with the silver lining. Silver lining is there are still plenty of teams in the NHL that would kill to have the Avs issues, problems, however you want to describe it. So that's one thing. Secondly, these are the dog days of the NHL. I get it. They're pros. And they're supposed to go and play at a certain level, especially a team like the Avalanche that has a certain standard. But it doesn't change the fact that these are the dog days of the NHL season. I know they just had a break. 
It doesn't matter. They still are are looking at here we are, middle of February. It feels like forever until they're going to get to the end of the regular season on into the playoffs. Sometimes for a team like the Avalanche that knows that they're going to be a playoff team, that assumes that they're going to be playing deep into the playoffs, man, when you're sitting at this point in the regular season, it can just seem like, oh, when is this season going to end, right? It's it's not an excuse. I'm not making an excuse for them. I'm just saying it is a factor. And finally, if there's a, if there's a silver lining to this, is the idea that this is happening now a full month, eh, three good solid three weeks before the trade deadline. Um, if you're going to slump, if you're going to slump, it's better you get it out of your system now and uh, turn it around and be playing your best hockey with a real sense of momentum going into the playoffs. And then there's also this, the idea that if you're going to have a slump, do it now three weeks before the trade deadline so that the powers that be, Chris McFarland, Joe Sackick, and, and the rest of the people in the uh, the front office can be looking at this kind of stretch and saying, okay, this is really exposing and um, showing us what where, we, where our weaknesses are and what we need to get better at and maybe the moves that we may have to go. You don't want to have everything be great and smooth until the trade deadline. Then you get after the trade deadline and you have this kind of slump, and now you're kind of left wondering, like, ooh, you know, did we do enough at the trade deadline? This having it happen here on the road, some adversity. How does this team handle it? The road trip is off to a, a lousy start. They still have three more games left on it. How do they react? It'll tell the front office a lot about what this team has and and what they need more of. And for it to be this uh, far out before the trade deadline. Maybe not the worst thing. So, hey, there's some things to not like. There's some things to be worried about, concerned about. I would not say panicked about, but they are definitely issues that need to be fixed. The good news is it's happening during the time of the season that maybe is the best time to have it happen so that you could do something about it. We'll see how they handle the rest of this road trip. We'll be back again next week for two more podcasts. We'll be back on Monday as this uh, road trip will have a couple more games uh, under their belt to be able to comment on. Hopefully, we're talking about a much different uh, road trip than what we're talking about right now. In the meantime, that'll do it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. We'll see you again next week.